Welcome to the first trial episode of Content on Content Podcast. My name is Alex Felice. I'm here with my good buddy, Sean McGuire. What up, Sean? Hey, what's up, Alex? How are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, I don't know if this is actually going to be a podcast, but it's a good test to see about a potential podcast in the future. I uh, am a content... Uh, I'm a creative director in Maui for A Better Life with Brandon Turner. Do uh, We do high production quality... Pod, video podcasts mobile across the United States. And Sean is a Las Vegas-based uh, video creator for a lot of entrepreneurs sort of in this new and growing field. Is that a good, is that a good description yeah. of you? I call it uh, the business thought leadership, you know, working with purpose-driven entrepreneurs, doing seven to eight figures in revenue that, you know, are hosting events, having conferences, masterminds, or just creating content, you know, sharing what they've learned and uh, educating people. Love it. And we met, um, we met in Maui when you were doing exactly that for a uh, for a guy who was hosting a conference out here in Maui, and I live in Maui, so we met. Yeah. And then um, very recently, we hung out at WealthCon, Ryan Pineda's event in Las Vegas, which was uh, a really good event, high production quality, a lot of camera people there, a lot, a lot of, camera of camera people there. People. And uh, it was interesting because we're definitely seeing a a, a, a surge in this sort of field, but also there's a, there's a lot of, there's a wide talent field of, of a wide spectrum of talent, let's say. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because I've been helping on those for a while back when he had uh, just 50 people in the room before it was renting out a hotel and each one I'm seeing more and more people either vlogging, bringing their own camera. And then you got some of the entrepreneurs who can afford it, you know, hiring out and bringing their own videographer with them. So each time there's an event I'm seeing more and more people with cameras, whether they're filming with somebody there or they're filming themselves. And I think everyone's starting to really come around to the idea of seeing the, the value add of creating content, documenting the experience and, you know, trying to grow their following, create a community. Yeah. The entrepreneur who needs to hire a full-time camera person is fast upon us and then the really wise entrepreneurs who have a good business are hiring teams and mm -hmm. studios and sets and they're building entire production houses is that what you're seeing yes absolutely it's it i think a lot of people want to do that i don't know if everyone can afford to do that the way you know like pineda's done it or maybe you and brandon have done it i always say like it's like swimming you know i think from hearing ryan's story it's like he didn't just dip his toes in the water and like read a book he just jumped in you know he hired a team right away and then he said, you know, if I'm going to commit to this, I'm going to commit to it, do it daily. And, you know, he started back during COVID when everyone was sitting at home watching TV or watching YouTube. Um, yeah, during COVID is when I learned how to do on-set production. I went and did 36 episodes for Bigger Pockets, and I went uh, all around North Carolina. I went to Washington, D.C. and the surrounding areas. I went to Indianapolis, and I filmed real estate investors uh, on-set. I brought all the equipment. I did all the pre-production. I did all the planning. I did all the directing. I did all the editing. And that's mm -hmm. when I... I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it led me exactly to what I'm doing now, which is onset uh, mobile, you know, high quality production. So um, mm -hmm. what do you think about, like, I see a very common mistake where entrepreneurs who have money, they have mm -hmm. the money, but then they go off and they hire the cheapest possible camera person they can and they run them ragged and they're like, just film me all day, which as a creative, you know, it's like, I'm not going through 12 hours of footage. I'm not going through eight hours of footage. You're out of your mind. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what do you say? to people who try to, you know, go in too cheap when they don't need to? Like, what do you, th do you think that's a mistake? I, I've, yeah, I think it's a mistake. I think it's, 
it's easy first inclination to to do, you know, or you want to pay for the cheapest one possible. But a lot of times you get what you pay for. Like I was just talking to a speaker uh, at an event that I filmed recently and he, he just had a friend do it and he looked at all the footage and he is like, these shots are garbage compared to your gimbal shots. Like some of them, I wasn't even in focus with his camera. Um, so I think it's just a learning curve. You know, when people are getting started, they, they, they might hear, you know, pay for quality, hire a team. But then when they do it, they want to fall back to, well, what's in budget? But I think it's really just going to cost you more time and headaches uh, in the long run when you do it that way. Um, I think it's better to, you know, pay for the quality, pay for somebody who's, who knows what they're doing. And then that way, too, you can get direction for on camera. And then you don't have to film the entire day. Like if I'm with somebody for the entire day, we'll plan it out. You know, maybe we'll be doing hooks and reels in the morning, get a couple of vlog shots or behind the scenes if they want it to, you know, show the lifestyle and what they're doing, eat lunch, take a break, go to the event, film on the way to the event, you know, film the epic parts, like getting out of the car, walking in, shaking hands. But if you can shoot for the edit, so you don't have to scrub through 12 hours. It just saves you so much more time. Yeah, one of the biggest mistakes I see when entrepreneurs hire camera people is they hire a cheap, you know, inexpensive camera person who, you know, they have a camera. And then the camera person shows up and says, what do you want me to shoot? And the entrepreneur says, I don't know. I thought you would know. And then they sort of kind of get a day's worth of footage that turns into mediocre edits and mediocre, uh, like just, they don't know how to shoot with the edit in mind. And so one of the, one of, what's so interesting to me is, entrepreneurs who have, you know, learned business. And one of the first thing I learned in business, you know, cause I'm a real estate entrepreneur. The first thing I learned was like, if you go with the cheapest contractor, you're going to end up having to buy the next, you know, the more expensive contractor later to fix yeah. it all. And so the same thing with, um, creatives, right? You hire this person that you're, you think you can get for a couple hundred dollars and it's like, you're going to end up having to buy, uh, to spend more money with somebody like you or me who really know what we're doing in order to, to actually get the footage. And so it's a buy nicer, buy twice sort of situation. Buy nicer, buy twice. I love it. It's kind of like when you, when you go grocery shopping and you get shitty ingredients, then you think you're going to make something epic with it. It's like, no, you got to get the good ingredients first. If you have shitty raw footage that doesn't really tell a story, I think it's really difficult to extract that story in the edit and just rely solely on the editor. It's like, always have a plan going into it. You know, what are we going to yeah. have? What's the end result? Yeah, you gave a really great piece of advice that I don't hear often enough, and it's something that I, I do with Brandon. It's something I do with um, Better Life all the time. It's something I do with every single one of my clients. Is like, what are you trying to create in the end? And mm -hmm. they don't think about that. So I shoot with the edit in mind. I don't go get a bunch of random footage and then try to tell a story on the editing floor later. That's brutal and inefficient, and it's soul-sucking. And mm -hmm. so one of the best things that I think that the entrepreneur can do when he's hiring a video person is go – Here's what I want in the end. Can we shoot for that? Mm -hmm. And that makes life so much easier for, for both parties because now we, we know what we're trying to build. It's so much yeah. harder to, to just go shoot a bunch of stuff and then find out what the story is later. You can do it, but man, it is, it is tedious and expensive. And then it's demoralizing. And so what happens, I bet, a lot of times is the entrepreneur gets not that much production footage afterwards. They don't get that much assets, that many assets delivered because the, the creator's like, I don't want to scrub eight hours of most people are boring. You mm -hmm. don't, you didn't say a lot. You didn't say a bunch of wildly great things in those eight hours, especially if you weren't doing it intentionally. So trying to, you know, drum up something cool is very hard. So I bet a lot of times the entrepreneur doesn't get that much footage. Cause it's like, why am I going to scrub this, you know, eight hours of footage trying to find a story when you only paid me $500 anyways. Mm -hmm. 
Well, especially if like you think of like a conference, right? Like the exciting mo- moments are, all right, we're in Vegas, pulling up to the hotel, getting out of the car, meeting people, maybe getting on the step and repeat with the pictures. But then like the other 80% of the time, they're sitting in their seat, taking notes, listening to Brandon or Ryan or somebody talk. So it's like, you got to find the little moments before I found this, find the sound bites of the entrepreneur that's talking and then you know put that into a story because like i don't even just ask anymore what do you want i ask them to send me a video of something similar that they like like what you did you said you asked me have you seen um diary of a ceo send me you know a video we look at and talk about the the intro of it and that is so much more context than somebody just saying oh just make it cool yeah make me look cool yeah yeah make me look cool is gonna get you nothing because what you think is cool is not universally cool. And you, if you can't explain it, what somebody else thinks is cool, we have all have different standards. We all have different um, – cool is very subjective. Yeah, absolutely. And how it, much time do I want to spend on making you look cool? You only paid yeah. me 500 bucks. You only paid me $1,000. Like you're not – I'm going to give you $1,000 worth of cool. It's not that cool. Well, that, that kind of – yeah, that, that's like uh, – you know, a lot of the, the creators then, it's like if they are working on a lesser budget or like your example with 500 – it's like they'll mentally maybe have a cap to how many hours they want to put into it. You know, not every editor cares about the end product. They just want to get done with it and get paid and move on to the next one. Yeah, so I think the so this brings a really good segue. I think we're in the moment of a I don't know if I want to use the word revolution or a renaissance, but we are mm. merging entrepreneurship and creativity in a way that has very rarely been done in history and certainly new for us with people like you and me who you know, we're artists, but we're drawn to this entrepreneurial field. And the entrepreneurs are now like, we need artists, right? And mm-hmm. it makes it really interesting because there are people out there that are like, hey, there are there are always going to be camera people that are like, hey, I can make 300 bucks an hour with my camera or 500 bucks an hour with my camera. And so that's what I'm about. But then there are people like, I think you and me that are, um, that are like, I want to make art about entrepreneurs. And so it's less and less about the dollar per hour rate. It's more about how can I find an entrepreneur and that matches my vision. I was very mm-hmm. thankful to have that with Brandon, but I, I dealt with a lot of entrepreneurs along the way. And I know you're looking for the same thing. You're like, how can I find an entrepreneur that is going to the same place I want to go? I wanted to mm-hmm. build the best looking mobile podcast, that video podcast on the internet. Mm-hmm. Brandon's like, I want to get, I want the best looking mobile video podcast on the internet. I'm like, great. The money's secondary now because we both have the same goal. So mm-hmm. what do you think about that sort of this renaissance, this revolution of, you know, entrepreneurs that now are like, I need an artist, not just Mm -hmm. a camera guy for hire, but I need an artist that shares my vision. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, it reminds me of that uh, Drake quote where all the rappers want to be athletes and all the athletes want to be rappers. I think it's kind of similar where all the entrepreneurs are realizing they either need to create content or they need to hire a creator. And all the creators, or a lot of the creators, you know, are looking at how to be more of a business person or work with a business person. I think so, one of the most valuable things that I've been able to do in this field is exactly what you said. I speak both languages fluently. I speak mm-hmm. entrepreneur very, very fluently, and I speak the creative side of it very fluently. And I think that's the biggest disconnect between entrepreneurs and creatives right now is that neither side wants to learn the other's language. The entrepreneurs, a lot of them, not all of them, a lot of them are like, I don't want to learn cameras. I just want to pay somebody to do it, but then they don't want to pay a lot because they don't understand what it takes. And the mm-hmm. creatives are like, you know, I want to make money. I want to work with entrepreneurs, but they don't want to 
work within systems, which is the entrepreneur language, and they don't want to talk or understand what ROI is, right? Mm -hmm. Or they don't want to, you know, they just want to make stuff. Um, and so there's a huge disconnect between these two languages. And I think um, that's what I want to do is bridge mm -hmm. that those two languages. I want to act as a translator for the community. And I think that when people start listening to each other and learning each other's language a little bit, um, I think those those entrepreneurs who figure that out and those creatives who figure that out are going to thrive. Mm -hmm. No, I agree completely, 100%. What, what, what would you say to the, the videographer or content creator out there who's looking to find the, you know, their version of Brandon Turner, like you did. Yeah, that's a good question. First, try a lot of them. Like you have to work with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Second, you have to understand what it is that you want to do. I think one of the mistakes that creatives make is certainly myself is they dabble in a lot of different things, which is part mm -hmm. of the creative process, but you have to understand what you want to make because if you are dabbling, right? The entrepreneur doesn't want to dabble. The entrepreneur sees success when he builds a project for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So if you want to, I'm on board with Brandon Turner for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. But his goal and my goal were the same. So if, if, if Sean's goal or the creator's goal is like, Hey, I just want to work with an entrepreneur because I know it's good money. It's like, that's half of it. That's, that's maybe important, but like, what exactly do you want to accomplish? What kind of entrepreneur do you want to work with? What kind of field do you want to interest you? Like, what do you want to get out of it? Are you looking for a job? Are you like with creativity? Yeah. And you know this, like we have to find a project that excites us. It has to be a, a big project. Can't just be like, I want to take pictures along the way. I have to like, I want to build something. I want to be able to put my name and say like that artistic thing didn't exist. And then I created it and then I get to put my name on it. So I think for the entrepreneur, or excuse me, for the creative, who's looking for an entrepreneur to like partner up with, which is where I think this is going. This is not going to be a, this is not going to be a for hire industry. This is going to end up being a partnership industry. That's where I think it's going. Not for everybody all the time, but mostly. Um, mm -hmm. Me and Brandon are partners. I think you know Ryan will probably maybe not have to do that because it, he, he got in so early. But in the future, the entrepreneurs that don't have that much capital to throw at, they're like, hey, maybe I'll give you some equity sure. in this business if you help me build it. So I think partnerships are going to be sort of the future. So the, the, the creative who's looking to partner up with the entrepreneur needs to know what is the big project they want to work on and where does the entrepreneur like have that need? Where do they share a long-term vision? Mm -hmm. And um, can they, can you find a person that is willing to learn? Like, can, can you find two people that are willing to learn each other's language a little bit? Right? Like, mm -hmm. There is a lot of ego in this, right? So a lot of entrepreneurs want the content because they want to see themselves on camera, but there is no ROI in ego. Mm -hmm. So how can you create content that converts? Mm -hmm. And that is part of the learning the language. And the entrepreneur needs to learn the other side of it too, where it's like, if you get somebody and you just want them to record for eight hours and then spit out content, you are going to suck their soul out of them and they will quit. So mm -hmm. how can you create a system where it's like, hey, I can create content that's, that converts, it's, on, it's systemizable, but also you need to give somebody the, the approach, to the, the room to be creative and, and dabble. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is I think a, it's that, always... That, that was not concise, but is that a good yeah, answer? No, no that, was, that was a good answer. Uh, I think having the same vision, definitely. Um, if you can have like a partnership, great. Like I, I've heard of some entrepreneurs, you know, sharing like... Uh, a portion of the YouTube AdSense earnings with the creators, um, or giving them a you know split or commission on uh, any of the online sales or merch, anything that sold so that they you know built together. Because when you look at it, it's either when I look at content, it's two categories. 
it's either entertainment, you know, you got like the Jake Pauls, Mr. Beast, all the Iraq, all the people that are doing pranks and crazy things. And then you got education. And I think the education space is where there's more uh, money to be made and there's more of an impact to be made because you can really teach people, help them create a community. I think and it depends on the, on the entrepreneur. It depends on the, on the talent because mm -hmm. you have a guy like Patrick Bed David and he, he did exactly what you did and said, it's called valuetainment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He did it yeah. perfect. He's like, it can't, it can't be one or the other. It has to be both. It has to be entertaining and it has to be valuable. Mm -hmm. And uh, education is the same way. It has to be valuable and it has to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. Now, what that ratio is, is going to depend on the entrepreneur. Uh, Patrick Bed David is, he's an educator and he's, mm -hmm. he's entertaining, right? But he's probably 70, 30 education. Um, mm -hmm. Now he's mature and he has a very interesting perspective on things. And so that's going to garner him a lot of, uh, a lot of clicks, but everybody has a personality uh, and a, and a, like an idiosyncrasy ryan pineda has gone um leaned deep into his faith and so mm -hmm. most of his content now is faith oriented so back mm -hmm. to the original question is like do you want to work with an entrepreneur of any kind like what if you don't share that faith right that's mm -hmm. gonna be a bad fit that's not gonna be a bad fit it's not gonna be a good fit because you need to be both parties need to be bought in mm -hmm. um and um so yeah the the partnerships are gonna be dependent on you know, what skill sets both parties bring and then what you bring in terms of like value and entertainment is going to depend on the talent and, and what their message is. Mm -hmm. Also, I'll add to this. Um, this is another one. I, I should have thought of it earlier is you, uh, everybody has a creative style. Every creator has a very specific creative style. I like big colors and high contrast and I never shoot in black and white, even photos. Uh, I mm -hmm. never shoot low contrast. I never shoot soft colors. It's always high contrast, bright colors, almost like an amateur. Right? Mm -hmm. But I found my way to do it at a, at a high degree. If you don't like that, I'm the wrong guy for you. If you want to shoot slow documentary style, cinematic, 24 frames a second, dreamy, like you need to find an entrepreneur that matches your style. And the entrepreneur needs to understand that people have different styles and what, and find the guy who already makes what you like the way it looks. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with like hiring a wedding photographer. It's like, dude, everybody's got a different style. It's not about talent. It's about style. So if you mm -hmm. find somebody who makes things that you don't like, they could be the best in the world. It's not a good fit and vice versa. Mm -hmm. If you find somebody that's like, everybody's going to get better. So if you find somebody you're like, I like the sort of vibe that you have, it's fast paced, right? If you shoot music videos, you're probably, um, you know, maybe that works for you, you for the conferences, but maybe it doesn't work for educational YouTube videos. So finding, you know, somebody who has the style, the creative style that matches your, you know, the, the ender, the, the talents uh, energy is really important. Sure. No, I agree completely. Okay. Um, what, so which brings us to a, another thing I want to talk about, which is community. I think I don't want to sound arrogant. I'm uniquely positioned here. I don't think there's much of a community for entrepreneurs or, you know, creators that work with entrepreneurs. And we have started one on an Instagram chat, but and I don't know how to grow it yet, but I would like to say it out loud. We have a Instagram, private Instagram chat called content on content. And we, we are trying to bring together people who work in the industry that work for like four entrepreneurs. And uh, that's been very useful to share knowledge, to share like inside sort of um, like industry stuff, to share tech, to share software. 
make introductions for to make introductions and there's people from bigger pockets production there's people from cody sanchez obviously you work with ryan pineda uh spencer's in there he works deeply like day to day on ryan pineda's Mm -hmm. side i work on um uh bigger uh Better life uh, with Brandon. Better Turner. life with Brandon Turner. Yeah. Uh, I just met a guy yesterday or at the event. I met a guy who's going to join, and he works for he does Brad Lee's YouTube. So, uh, what's interesting is I don't think that there's many of us in this world. So I'd really like to start a community. Um, but how do you feel about it? Because I'm I'm really wanting to run with it. Yeah. No. I I mean I think it's definitely useful. I think being able to lean on each other, talk about tips, tricks, introductions. Um, certainly can be helpful. Like I always like talking to the creatives about the creativity process. So like at this last WealthCon, I got to meet um, one of the podcast editors who his name's Colby. And he, I was talking to him about the intros. Cause I was like, dude, those intros you do are bangers, you know, like tell me about it. Can you send me, can you send me some? Yeah. 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 Uh, I, you want them right now or after? At the, end of the, at the end of the show. Okay. Yeah. At the end I can send you, but yeah, no, it's just fun to watch, you know, and ask them, Hey, How'd you come up with this? Like, what are you looking for when you're watching the full interview to know that I'm going to clip this and use it later and then talk about your process? Like I, I told him uh, and I've told a couple of people, like I was just filming uh, Neil Dingra's forward event right after WealthCon and the videos they played for the intro speakers were like phenomenal. And I was talking to the creator who made those and I was like, dude, if you made a 20 minute video talking about your process, the clips that you found, the sound the sound effects and all the text that you put in. Like I would watch that. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's fun just to nerd out and talk to people about their process and how they get things made. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what it would look like moving forward with the group. I mean, I think the chat's cool. I think, you know, trying to get a little bit more engagement and talking to other people in there. It's hard though too, right? Cause we're all filming and working. So it's like, if somebody has, yeah, somebody has out. a shoot or a podcast, you know, they're not going to want to jump on and talk to us. They got to go work. Um, yeah, I'm not that active. I'm not as active as, as I'd like either, but definitely mm-hmm. something I want to grow. Yeah, but I think there's I think there's definitely value in that. You know, I always like to say collaboration over competition. So the I more creators. That, I think that that is a new feature, a new in, uh, culture for creatives. I think creatives for the very, very long time have been guarded, individualized and, and like protective of their, their secrets. And I think the entrepreneurs are the opposite. The entrepreneurs are like, we can all win together. And the more that these two things merge, the more that that culture comes to the creative industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the, the more we can share ideas, the more we can make each other better, the more we can grow. Um, I've had more videographers and content creators reach out for gigs that they can't do or when they're having an event and they need help than I thought when I got started. Cause when I got started, kind of like you said, I was like, keep your cards close. They might hire him instead of me, but it's like, no, he might hire me too. So like, like he might have a gig where they're like, we need two shooters. So might as well, you know, go talk to him and be friends with him. Yeah. I get, I'm going to have, I have two more events this year and I'm, I'm going to shoot bigger pockets and, um, I'm going to need people. Yeah. Um, let me switch. Let me move the conversation forward. Uh, AI is here. Artificial intelligence is here. It is working for video creators. How have you used any via, uh, AI, and how is it changing things on your end? Um, Autopod is probably the most popular one um, that I've used. I've I've looked at Viral Finder. It's a tool for uh, finding other 
kind of creatives talking about the same thing that you want to talk about and it shows you them based on um views have you used it at all or? no i never heard of it okay viral it's finder. like viral finder but there's no e in finder it's just f-i-n-d-r um so i've messed around with that a little bit autopod's phenomenal i feel like autopod you know it's not much different than what descript was doing but i think it has more legs because you know it's just built into premiere um, the less and, time, amount of times that I have to switch from Premiere to another piece of software. I mean, this is tough with the captions. Like, captions are still a pain, right? But mm-hmm. I, have to, I have to export it from Premiere. I have to drop it into my phone. I have to put it into captions, and then I have to upload it to the software. It's like it's tedious. Yeah, so many steps. Yeah, uh, but Autopod's great. I mean, I think it's when when I had edited podcasts before, for every one edited minute it would take me between two to three minutes of editing time so you know on a 60 minute podcast that could be up to three hours and with and autopod takes five minutes takes five minutes after you click like i still like to plug it in do all the color correcting oh yeah get all the sound done first then you yep. know you nest everything but it it's like 20 minutes of deliberate coloring and audio adjustments and then you nest it and one click, go make my coffee, come back, it's done. It's magic. It's magic. Yeah. I lot I I started using Autopod this week and I think that's gonna save me. Oh, my battery died. Oh no. Hang on. You're good, you're good. Charge your batteries, folks. Charge your batteries. You know, when I first started shooting, I wouldn't charge my batteries right when they died. I'd wait till they got home. And now I'm like, immediately when they're done, like I have a charging dock in my backpack for like everything. Yeah. It's just like charging it immediately. I currently live in 600 square feet and I don't have a studio. So I'm sitting in my living room. It's a very hard situation with me and cameras right now. Sure. Um, It's like, how many outlets do you have? <laughs> yeah. Well, also it's like, yeah, I have three in the kitchen. So now my camera stuff is in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started using autopod this week and I think that's going to save me $1,200 a month in editing. So the, the, the AI revolution is here. I am happily at the bleeding edge forefront of it, but it is going to get even better. And there's other tools that I've started to use, um, not with much success yet, but coming close, like uh, Opus Clips and Video.ai, mm-hmm. which do social media cl- clips sort of automated, mm-hmm. um, which is why I want to get on this podcast, because now the production time is dropping through the floor very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, how can we not do it, right? Yeah. So I um, want to wrap the show up, but I have one last question, really, really important question, the biggest, baddest, hardest question of all, <laughs> Sony or Canon? Oh, well, so let me preface this by saying, I think the best camera to use is the one that you have. But if we're going off of my Instagram poll and I got some pretty important VIP people like yourself following me, I had more votes with Sony. Uh-huh. Um, I like Sony because the low light, but in all honesty, I like it because that's the first camera I started using and I'm lazy and I didn't want to switch. So, yeah. Well, you know, five, six years ago when I was like, I'm going to start doing videos. I had a little Sony pocket cam, you know, point and shoot, started using that. My roommate had a A7S2 and he's like, start using that if you want. 
And I was like, okay, well, I got these here. Like, why go buy something? And then I've just been in the Sony family ever since. All right, so we agree. Canon's better. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's awesome. All right, Sean, yeah. um, where, where do you spend most of your time on social? Are you on Instagram? I'm on Instagram at Sean McGuire, S-H-A-W-N-M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Sean McGuire, McGuire for hire. Let's go, baby. And you're in Las Vegas? I'm in Las Vegas. All right. Well, yeah. And you're, you're the man, dude. I appreciate you. I'm going to close I this. I appreciate you. Cool.